0: Aloha, Mission Church, <laughs> and uh, I, I want to begin by saying thank you to the church board for your kind words, and I, I got to tell you, it's not as easy as you think sitting there and listening to people say things like that about you. It's nicer if people said nice things, obviously, <laughs> but still, you know, I just felt humbled by that, and I'm grateful, and I will tell you this, that it is because we serve a great God that our church is moving in this good direction. We have a, I, I, will, I will say this for the church board. You, you have a wonderful board that serves you. And, um, and I'll say this about my staff. I appreciate them so much. And without all of those people working in conjunction with me to do all the things that we get to do, I would not be able to be your pastor and, and accomplish some of the things that we've been able to do. So to, to the church board... To the staff, I say mahalo, and uh, we say mahalo to Keakua, because God is so good. Children, you got to stay in the service. <laughs> yeah, Barbie's like, what? Yeah, today you stay in the service. Is that okay? You're going to love it, I promise. <laughs> uh, so, church, we are continuing in our sermon series called our ecclesiology. And um, for our children and for those of you who are guests with us today, um, if you're you're unaware of this uh, this sermon series, the word ecclesiology is is really the study and the theology of, of, of church. And the reason that that's important is because we're here and we've taken the time to gather because the church is people. And and why why do we gather? What? Why are we here for? Right? All of those questions, and how do we do what we do as the church well? How do we be the church? All of these questions are so important, and I want to take the series to slowly help us to understand who we are when we identify as the church. And so last week I began with a sermon within my sermon series. Um, preaching about we are the body of Christ. And, and I got that really from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, where the Apostle Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And we talked about, I preached this la- my sermon last week, on what it means to be the body of Christ. And, and we came away with three things, and that is that since we are the body, Jesus is the head of the church. And we've got to make sure that we understand the relationship that we have with Jesus who is the head, because we're certainly not the head. And if ever the body chooses to even try to be the head of the church, that is when we run into trouble. And and, and problems happen. It can't be the other way around where the body controls the head. It never was meant to be that way. We should not even try to go down that road. And so Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. And the second thing is that we talked about, and this is Ecclesiology 101. This is the basic that the church is not a building, it's people, right? And this is the sanctuary we meet in. And, and, and because we are people, we are living. And because the, we are living, the church is a living organism, not so much an organization. And so when we talk about health, we're looking at the health of the, the, the living organism of a church. And like any living organism, if it is healthy, it'll grow naturally, and it'll reproduce itself. Every living organism does that. If it's healthy, it'll grow naturally, and it will reproduce itself. And my prayer is that as we continue to move in a direction of good health in the church and that after every service after every every week and month and year that goes by in the life of this church and and mission church takes steps towards good health my prayer is that people from all spectrums of life from our children to our teens and college adults even our seniors my prayer is that you will come and say pastor gordon I don't know what's happening, but the Lord is calling me. The Lord is calling me to start a Bible study in my neighborhood. Can you help me? Yes. The Lord is is calling me to, to go on missions for the first time in my life. What do I do? I say, yes. The Lord is calling me to plant a brand new church. And we say, yes, because all of those things are beautiful signs of health and being a church that reproduces itself in such beautiful ways. And if I say that and there are people in this church right now, you're listening to me and you're saying, "Ooh, the Lord's put that on my heart. Come talk to me. I want to talk to you because we're moving in areas of good health in this church. And then the third lesson that we talked about from last Sunday is that in the body of Christ, in the church, right? Every single part of the body is important, there is no part that is insignificant. And we took the illustration of your little toe or your earlobe, of which I have none. But they're all important parts of your body. And, and, and you might be sitting in the church going, oh, what do I have to offer? Right? I mean, Barbie. Can I just say something about Barbie? I hope I don't embarrass you, sweetheart. Barbie shows up at 6.30 in the morning and brings her parents to prayer on Wednesdays. It's true. It's true. Mom and Dad drive me to prayer and the whole family shows up and we gather right here to pray on Wednesdays at 6.30 in the morning. That is a child leading the way. This is not in my sermon, but 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for all the believers in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Barbie, thank you for being our example. You see, it doesn't matter how old you are. You might think children are insignificant. No, they're not. They're very significant. And if you're on the other spectrum, like Barry Jones, no, I'm just kidding. I always... He's Teasberry, and he's not that old. <laughs> but if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you're not insignificant either. There's a place for everyone to serve, and we all need to do it. You know why? Because we're a part of the body, and every part of the body is important. Last Sunday's sermon was very, very practical. The question that I had for you was, "What's your part in the body?" Right? What is? You, are you playing a part? Because if you're not, you're a part of the body that's not being used. Can you imagine an arm not being used or, or, or a leg not being used? That's, that's unhealthy for the body. And that's why every part of the body is important. And I ended my sermon by saying this, and I believe this to be completely true. The most rewarding experience in the church that you can have is when you find a way to give the very best of who you are to bless others for the glory of God. Give the best of who I am. And, and not skills-wise, you know. It doesn't have to be, I'm the best singer and I sing the best. It's my heart. Just offering the very best of who I am as a person to bless others, to glorify God. That is why, Every family mission trip that we go on, on any mission trip, Cheryl will tell you this when she comes back from Australia and she tells us the stories when we ask her to speak. Or you'll hear a testimony today of that very thing. When you give your life away, you come back. (laughs) So blessed. It's the most rewarding thing. And you hear it again and again and again. It's it's it's, It's practical, but it's spiritual as well. So what I wanted to do was to follow up last Sunday's sermon and, and bring a message of the body of Christ kind of part two today. And this message is, uh, is, is going to deal with a lot more of the spiritual issue of what it means to be the body of Christ. And, and I want to just focus on one thing today. One thing that we can all give ourselves to and contribute to that will ensure the good health Of our church. In fact, this one thing is so important, church. This one thing is so important that without it, the church will die. Right? This one thing is so important that without this very thing, we can't go on as the church. And that one thing is unity in the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to ask for your confession right here. How many of you thought I was going to say tithing? (laughs) Be honest. Raise your hand. Pastor, I thought you were going to say tithing. Tithing comes in number two. Unity is number one. (laughs) Unity is number one. Because without it, we can't go on. It's the truth. In fact... I I, I shared this verse last Sunday, but I'll remind you today. Luke chapter 11, verse 17. Jesus said these words, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. It'll be ruined. And the house divided against itself will, will fall. It'll come crashing down any house, even the house of God. If we're not united, in fact, if we are divided as the body of Christ... We will not last long. And so the, cl- the lesson is super, super, super clear right here. Division kills the church. Unity, however, brings life to the church. Jesus said that. Division, when you talk about church health, right? Division brings disease into the church. And last, last week I talked about disease, right? It's unhealth. But you look at the word disease; it's 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 a compound word. Dis ease. There's tension. There's strife in dis ease. And you know, if the church is not healthy and dis ease is a part of it, the moment you walk through the doors, you can feel it. But on the other hand, when the church is united, when the church is together and we're healthy. <laughs> Good spiritual fruit is brought forth with good health, right? Health brings growth, and growth means there's fruit. And when there is spiritual fruit, right, the fruits of the Spirit, at work growing in the life of the body, when love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and, and, and faithfulness and self-control are growing in our lives because we're healthy, you walk through the doors and you feel it. You know that it's there. Last Sunday, a, a former person that was on staff at our church uh, years ago came walking in. Uh, that He was a part of the service, and he caught me outside. Afterwards, And he stopped me and said, Gordon, last Sunday when you talked about feeling health, he said, I felt it when I walked in. I said that I could feel it, and it's true. And that's why I put it in my sermon, because he was a testimony to tell me that... He said, when I was here, uh, I didn't feel it as much, but I can feel it now. Unity brings health, and health is something that you can feel. And so, the Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he talks about this very thing. And let this be a note to Mission Church as well, as if the Apostle Paul is writing to us, Hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Paul writes this to us. He writes, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm going to read verse 3. One more time, because it's the heartbeat of my message today. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Because there is just one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Do you hear unity just dripping from this verse? Everything about this verse calls us to be united. And the call to unity for the church here is just, it's crystal clear. But the moment we step outside these doors, we walk into a world that's divided. Right? We live in a very divided world. In fact, not just the world, we live in a divided nation. And as election time draws nearer, we'll be even more divided, which divides our culture. And we're living in this time where polarization is just so powerful. And it just almost seems like it's pulling people apart. And in times of division, in times of strife, you know what happens? Voices get louder, right? Have you noticed that? When, you, when, you, when, you, when, when there's times of tension and times of crisis, people start to yell and scream because they think that the louder you scream, sorry, I'm not a screaming pastor, but <laughs> the louder you scream, right, the more people will listen. And I don't believe that's true at all. Because I've watched people communicate. Well, communication is a part of my job. <laughs> and I don't feel like I need to scream to get the word of God out to you. You can hear me perfectly clear as we talk and as we share. But when people get mad and when, when, when there's tension and unhealth and polarization, people start to yell. And, and they think they're yelling will we'll, we'll make what they say clearer to the other side. But it doesn't, it never does. Have you ever noticed that if someone's yelling at you, you're not interested in hearing what they have to say? Right? In fact, when people yell at me, you know what I want to do? I just want to yell back at them. And then you get two people just screaming at other, one another, and, and there will be no resolution to whatever problems you face when you communicate by yelling I have yet to see two people just screaming and yelling at one another. And in the middle of their screaming, one person says to the other person, Wow, that's a good point because I never really thought about it that way. (laughs) Never, ever, ever in my life has that ever happened to me. And I've never, and I've seen enough people screaming and yelling. And never, ever, ever... Seen that ever happen before. That's why the Apostle Paul, when he gives us this word here in Ephesians chapter 4, he says this, be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another. He perceives the message of unity with a message of how we, we get to the unity from our own hearts. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Then, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You see, church, something that I know, this is to be true, it's super easy to be divisive. Easy to be divisive, right? To be divisive doesn't take any spiritual gift at all. Anybody can criticize. Anybody can condemn. Anybody can point fingers. There's, there's no extra spiritual gift you need to be that kind of person. And that is what causes division. Our call as the body of Christ is to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit of peace through the bond of peace. And can I tell you that when we are united and we speak with one voice, even if it's a whisper, unity speaks loudly when we speak together. And sometimes we don't even need to say a word, because when we are united in our hearts and our actions take over, our actions often speak even louder than our words. When we are united in the kind of love that we show people in our community, when we are united to care for one another, we don't even need to say a word. And that unity will speak louder than one person screaming and shouting and trying to get their own way. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of what unites us. We are, he says, one body. We are one body. And he says that we have one spirit and one hope and one calling because we serve one Lord and we have one faith and one baptism and one God who is the Father over us all and through all. And in all. And the Apostle Paul starts with one body to begin with. And this takes us back to last Sunday in 1 Corinthians 12. When Jesus said, or the Apostle Paul says, that you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Right? And so the beauty of the human body and how it functions When it is healthy, with the head leading the way, and the body following the head, is a perfect example of how the church works in good health. You ever watch somebody who is just beautiful at ballet? I'm no fan of ballet. But you see the human body do beautiful things. You cannot help but go, I don't like ballet, but wow, that's cool. Right? That's cool. And in the same way, when the body functions, flowing from the head, doing the very things that the head commands us to do, leads us to do, the body of Christ is a work of art. It is something so Beautiful, and, and, and we need to understand this, that the, the beauty of the human body and how it functions is, is, ex, is exactly the perfect example of the church who is the body of Christ. And when the body is following Jesus, the head, the church functions beautifully. So when the church is united in its mission, when the church is united in its purpose, and when the church is united in its spirit, we will experience the kind of health that bears good fruit. The kind of fruit that lasts, where love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control are the fruits that are growing off every vine here. Because you are the vine and Jesus is the branch. And whoever remains in him, and he in them, will bear much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. That's what the Bible says. And so today, I can think of no better person to ask than to speak on how the unity of our mission is a heartbeat of who we are. And I'm going to invite uh, Renata to come. Um, she, I'll let her tell her story, but she grew up on the mission field. She recently went
1: out on an amazing mission trip, and I wanted her to share that story. So, Renata. Gordon asked me to share um, a little bit about my life growing up, and my hand is shaking, so just ignore the paper that's going like this. <laughs> he kind of tricked me into doing this. Um, so here I am anyway, so he wanted me to share a little bit about my life growing up overseas and about my trip that I just got back from the work witness trip to Brazil. Um, some of you know that I grew up in Africa in the countries of Zambia and Kenya. You can see on the map there. Um, my parents lived in Africa for almost 30 years and that's where I grew up until I came back to college at Point Loma. My parents were missionaries and they lived their lives and continued to do so in a way that was worthy of their calling. They modeled for my sisters and I what it meant to live a life of faith and service. It was not just something that they did. It was something that they were and still are today. And their example has effectively directed the way my sisters and I live our lives today, where faith and service are at the heart of all we do. A little background. My childhood took place, you see Zambia at the bottom there. Um, My childhood took place in the civil war between Zimbabwe, turning from Rhodesia to Zimbabwe. Um, And it was quite perilous and scary as a child, I will admit. But my parents never wavered in their calling, and they continued to serve God alongside our African friends and pastors and leaders, regardless of the conflict. They continued to share Jesus trained leaders and opened our home to others because that's what faith required. We lived through bombings, curfews, blackouts, multiple armed robberies, and we lost quite a few of our friends during this time in my life. But my parents' calling never changed because of these circumstances. In fact, I think it enhanced them despite the conflict. The circumstances that we lived in made us dependent on God and His provisions for us and the church in Zambia and Kenya. We were all one body, one faith, and one spirit, and that has directly affected my life today. God's presence was very real in our home and it continued to provide us with protection and growth for us and for our church. And the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that it's universal. The same God we worship here in this beautiful sanctuary in San Diego is the same God that I worshiped in a township in Kenya, or a bush church in Zambia, or a structure on stilts last week in the Amazon. The most amazing thing was to see that the Spirit moves and speaks to people regardless of language, status, wealth, race, or creed. And that is why. Having unity in the body of believers is so important. Knowing our calling allows us to move forward with purpose and direction. And I really appreciate Pastor Gordon for helping our church know and learn what it means to be Mission Church, to authentically love God, to humbly serve others, and intentionally share Christ, because that's what a worthy calling requires us to do. And there was so much beauty in going on this work and witness trip. My parents used to host work and witness teams, so this is actually the first one I ever got to go on. So that was really exciting. And we went to do exactly our mission. We went to share Jesus with people. And I want to share a little bit about our trip and what types of these experiences are so vital for us as Christians. We went down to partner with missionaries and pastors in Brazil to share Jesus and this amazing boat up and down the Amazon. There's 21 people that lived on that boat for 10 days. Uh, We ate together. We slept together in hammocks on the floor. It was was a crazy adventure. The People Project is to share Jesus with the people in the Amazon. There are people today there, some amazing number of tribes that have never, ever, ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard one of our team members say, as we walked into one of the villages, she said, I realized today that my God is bigger than just an American God. And that's that's profound. You know, we put God into what we think and we see God working in ways that was that was amazing. We didn't speak the same language as we worshiped alongside indigenous pastors and their congregations. The spirit of God was so evident. We walked into one village And the church had an actual building, and it was over on the side. And as we were walking in, it was Sunday morning, and worship music was just blaring out of this church. I'm sure it would not pass in San Diego. I'm pretty sure that would not work. The worship music was blaring out of this sanctuary with no windows and no doors. And when we got back to the boat later, we sat down, and everybody didn't really know what to say. And they said, as we walked up to this church, you just started to weep. Everybody was, the, the presence of God was so tangible in this village of people that desperately needed to see Jesus. It was such a remarkable moment to see that even in those situations, God, God is working. We showed the Jesus film in a poor area of town one night, and people accepted Jesus. We played games and sang with the kids and shared the word of God, and they accepted Jesus. Jesus. Twenty-one of us traveled 60-plus hours on a boat. We ate, slept on the boat. We had people everywhere because we authentically love God and we intentionally wanted to share Christ. And the amazing thing was we were unified in purpose. While we were there, some of the pastors went down the river to meet a chief from another village, and they found out right then and there that this village was ready for a church. They had land. And they were ready. And right then and there in that afternoon, as the pastors traveled down the river on a little boat, a church was born that day. Our DS was freaking out. He's like, that would never happen in America. Just like that. He's like, it was a couple hours and we had a new church. And they were so excited. They also met a few other chiefs there at that village. And they got permission to go to their villages and to share the gospel The pastor at the Village of Hope had been beaten up several times trying to go into the jungle to share Jesus. People need Jesus. I sat next to an Orthodox Jewish couple in the airport, and she had seen our large group and wanted to know what we were doing. So I had the opportunity to share about our trip, and she was amazed at the pictures and what we did. And then she looked at me, and she was really perplexed. She asked about the religious nature of the indigenous people there. And I said, they don't, they don't have anything. They're kind of animists. And she said, well, then how do you share something that they know nothing about? I said, that's a really great question. In my faith, as and I know in theirs, we are created in God's image, and we're made to have relationship with God. So when people hear the story of God's love, their hearts resonate, and it's that simple. People need Jesus Our hearts were changed to see God working in those places and people there had their lives changed because people cared enough to walk alongside these pastors serving in a remote area. One God, one church, one spirit, people starving for hope. And we have that as Christians. We need to be praying for the global church and the missionaries and the pastors that are serving in these hard and often dangerous situations. The funds that we raise allow the word of God to go to the bush in Kenya a city in Zambia or a village on the Amazon. We have a wonderful facility here to worship God. They need a small boat that allows them to go deeper into the jungle because people need Jesus. But the message is the same, same God, same hope, same spirit and same body. Now, I do have a confession. I had so much fun on this trip that I felt like I was on vacation rather than on a mission trip. So I felt kind of guilty coming back because I had such a fun time. Others might not have felt quite that same way. It was really, really hot and humid, and we slept in hammocks and on the floor. Literally, your head was about this far from somebody else that was laying below you. But the amazing thing was we were unified in purpose and we had the most amazing time. Everybody was there for one reason and to share that in these villages was, was amazing. We, oh sorry, I had amazing food. I drank them out. They have the most amazing coffee in Brazil. Oh man. I ate fried ants and dried piranha. I swam with pink Amazon river dolphins. I held an anaconda and a sloth saw crocodiles on the side of the river, and might have even jumped off a tree into the river with Steve Gilbert. But I did come back with all my fingers and toes. But we built beautiful new relationships with our team and the pastors on the boat. And as a result, our translator, Steve, a young man about 26, felt the call to be a pastor. As we're sharing that last night in the church, he had been our translator this whole time, and he got up and he started sharing, and his mom was sitting in the front row, And it was in Portuguese, but what he was saying was obviously very moving. His mom was just, she was just weeping and weeping and weeping for the years that she had prayed for her son to come back and follow Jesus. And as a result of being there with our group, he decided that he felt the call to be a pastor. And his mother was just weeping for all those years that we pray for our children to come back to God. And my prayer for our church is that as we embrace unity and purpose and mission together, that we recognize the impact that each of us can have to share Jesus with those around us and live a life worthy of calling. Because whether we're eight years old or 98, because unifying, being together unified in Christ, we can bring hope to a lost people. One God, one hope, one church unified. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Renata. I mean, wow, right? When when the church is unified in our mission, we can live out then the purpose for why we exist here as the church. And I'll tell you exactly why the church exists. The church exists to carry on the work of Christ, and the work of Christ was to reconcile people back into a right relationship with God. So that's why you and I are here. So we can be a part of the same purpose together, doing the work of God. In fact, Jesus said for the reason he came, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We came to, he came to bring people back to know Jesus and have the right relationship with him. And then Jesus gave us these two amazing, these great statements in the life of the church so that we can live by these great statements have names to them. The great commandment and the great commission. And the great commandment in Jesus tells us to love the Lord God with all your heart and soul and mind. And this is the first and the greatest command. And the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. And we do that so that we can live out this amazing purpose That Jesus gave to us. Because I will tell you this, church, we will never reconcile the world back to God if we do not authentically love God with all our hearts and all our souls and all our minds. That's why this great commandment is the first and the greatest. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Which is part the reason why we created our own mission statement to, to, to restate this in less a similar way. To, to humbly serve one another. In the name of Jesus. The other great statement that jesus made was the great commission where he commissions the church to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and then he said this surely i will be with you to the very end of the age I heard a pastor read this passage one time, and I thought he said, surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. And I think of Shirley right here. I said, Jesus is going to be with you, surely. <laughs> he said, surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. And this is what it means to authentically, right? I mean, I'm sorry, intentionally share Christ, which is what Renata just said, and when we intentionally share Christ, you know what happens? New churches are started on the spot and people who witness the beautiful health of the church get called into ministry and mom's sitting on the front row crying. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. And when our unity happens in the mission of who we are and then in the purpose of what we do, then. The spirit of why we do this. When we are united in spirit, oh, then health just just grows dynamically. And so church, I want to just talk to you about what it takes to be united in spirit. To be united in spirit requires us to all be on the same page, especially in what's most important, in the life of the church. And Jesus already told us what's the most important thing, right? To love God with all your heart and soul and mind because this is the first and greatest commandment. And Jesus restates that in another passage in Matthew 6.33. He says this, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. That's so important. That's the priority for us. But you know what the problem is? The problem is that Instead of seeking making god 's will and, 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 and seeking his righteousness first, his kingdom and his righteousness, sometimes we just want to seek our own I think that's that 's honest and, and, and fair. The spirit of unity comes when we place a high priority and come in line with what Jesus calls us to do in seeking. God's kingdom and God's righteousness first and allowing his Holy Spirit to work in us. Unity in spirit begins when we surrender our own selfishness and our own self-spirit with our own desires. When we surrender that for the greater purpose of fulfilling God's will and God's purpose, you see, our selfish desires, when, when we live into that, the only thing that it benefits us, benefits, is ourselves. When all I do is, my priority is to, to make sure I'm taken care of and my needs are met. When those are the most important things, right? then I am the beneficiary of all of those things. And so when we gather together and you feel the same way and I feel the same way and we're only looking out for our own interests, then you're going to do what best fits your interests and I'm going to do what best fits mine. And that's not unifying. In fact, that's divisive. When we come together and we can agree upon what it is that we're working towards and make it a priority so that I'm not just looking out for myself and you're not just looking out for yourself. But we take the words of Jesus seriously and above all things, we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I do that and you do that and we do that together. (laughs) Then unity happens. Then unity happens. And this is the spirit that helps us to be healthy. To be unified, we must surrender ourselves and be willing to take on the will of God. And then the results of that is that we're no longer just seeking our own will, but we're seeking the will of God. And then we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we love our neighbor as ourselves. And we make disciples of all nations because we're obeying the teachings of Jesus, baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so, I'm wrapping all this up now. We are united because we're all saved by the same Jesus. We're all filled with the same Holy Spirit. We are all learning from the same Word of God. And therefore, in the body of Christ, there's no room for disunity. There's no room for division, because division will kill the church. So today, let's remember that any self-seeking spirit must be surrendered, and instead taking on the spirit of Christ, of unity of what Jesus said is the priority for all of us to live into. And I'm going to close with one last verse because this last verse just wraps everything up in a package so beautifully. Before Jesus went to the cross in John chapter 17, he prays his high priestly prayer. And this is Jesus' prayer in John 17, verses 20 and 21. Jesus says, And I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about the disciples. And he's praying for you and I now, right? This is us. And I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I get the feeling that Jesus says this. The world will never believe that he's the son of God until the church becomes unified and lives into the purposes and the, and the mission and the spirit of who Jesus called us to be. And if I, as a believer, not just as a pastor, if I, as a believer, am going to do one thing, just, if I could just do one thing in life, you know what I want to be? I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer. He's praying that you and I be unified. So let's let's live into that today. Will you bow your heads and join me in this prayer? Father in heaven, thank you for allowing us to be the body of Christ where we can find a place of service and ministry and be reminded that we're not insignificant no matter who we are, whether we're a child like Barbie or we're on the other end of the spectrum, Lord God, thinking that life has passed me by. It has not because every person here in your house, in your body is significant and important and plays a role. And then remind us, dear God, that you also call us to be unified in our mission, in our purpose, and in our spirit. And Lord, I pray, Father in heaven, that today, if there is anything in us, God, that keeps us from making you the first priority of our lives, that, 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 that keeps us, that turns our attention anywhere else, I pray that we can surrender that today, even right now, as we are praying as the whole body. God, speak to our hearts. May your Holy Spirit be working in us right now and say, Lord, forgive me. I surrender this to you because I want to be the answer to your prayers, Jesus. That you are with God as one And that we can be with you. And together, Lord God, we can work together to reconcile this world back into a loving relationship with you. And it starts with me. That's our prayer, Lord God. Hear the prayers of your people today as they call out to you. Lead us, Lord, to be united. To be united under the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ for our own lives, so that we can share it with the world. To fall madly in love with you again and again and again, so that love can translate without even words. So that when people walk into the sanctuary, they feel the health, the love, and the joy, and the peace, and the patience, and the kindness, and the goodness, and the faithfulness, and the gentleness, and the self-control that only comes through your Holy Spirit, uniting our hearts and working in us. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And God's God's people said, Amen.